You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Charleston Shoe Company makes some of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn, but what makes it more impressive is how the founder Neely now has over 20 stores across the country, an online store, and even sells to QVC. Learn about her challenges, triumphs, and everything in between on today's episode. All right, why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, my name's Neely Powell. I uh, I have a company called the Charleston Shoe Company. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing this this creative project of mine, I like to call mm-hmm. it, for the last 22 years. So it has morphed into a lot of different things and uh, finally ending where we are now, which is... Um, I, I design all of our shoes. They're all handmade in Mexico. And um, we now have 28 retail stores, um, a few hundred wholesale accounts. We sell on QVC. We have a huge e-commerce business and we do about 150 traveling trunk shows a year. So, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you initially got this idea when you were studying at uh, College of Charleston, you discovered a local cobbler who was kind of making these comfortable shoes, and that sort of spurred that initial spark or this idea. So, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, my um, both of my parents are entrepreneurs, so unfortunately, I, I inherited that. <laughs> I say unfortunately because now we're in the space we are that all these entrepreneurs that have built these businesses are like, "What do I do now?" Yeah. <laughs> So it's actually a great environment because it lets us do a hundred different things every day, which is what I've been doing for the last six months, but um, not to get off the tangent. But um, so uh, my mother had a a furniture business. Um, Her and her partner started um, about 35 years ago out of central Mexico. And so we went there all the time. um, And, you know, I spent a lot of my summers there and we found a, when I was in my you know, mid-teens, uh, my mom and I discovered this cobbler, um, and he was in there making shoes on a dirt floor, and uh, we bought a few pairs, and every time we went back, we bought more and more, and when I got to college, my mom had, you know, a dozen or so um, furniture markets that she'd go to twice a year, and so I decided to take the shoes to the furniture markets and sell them um, underneath her tables uh, to all the the consumers walking around uh, the market in uncomfortable shoes. So we had these really stylish, comfortable shoes that they could take off their stiletto or their tennis shoe. And, and I just kind of became the crazy shoe lady at all these, at all these furniture markets. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. So you were selling to, you weren't selling wholesale then at that point, you were at these wholesale markets because your mom was selling wholesale, but you were just selling like individual shoes to individual people then at this exactly. point. And that's how it started. I was selling to decorators, people that had furniture stores, buyers for Neiman's or Hordstrom's or um, Horchow. And um, 
And, you know, unfortunately for her, I'd be on the floor with like 50 women with a bunch of shoes. And, you know, she's trying to write an order to Neiman Marcus for lots of tables and (laughs) making a terrible mess. So um, that's how it started. By the time I was out of college, we had a couple hundred um, wholesale accounts just because people would get back to their stores. And even though they were furniture stores, they'd get so many compliments on their shoes that they carry them randomly in in non-apparel stores. Oh my gosh. So like, how did you know that you were on to something? Like, what was that um, that feeling or that spark when you were like, you know what? I think I can make something of this. Well, I, I think I've had that same feeling over and over again. <laughs> um, but I definitely get that specific first feeling every time I sell a pair of shoes, which is, mm-hmm. When I watch that customer put our shoes on for the very first time, it's the same reaction a million and a half times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they put them on and they go, oh my gosh, you're right. They are so comfortable. <laughs> and and I think just the word of mouth that that was created in those early years and still created today. I mean, we barely advertise anywhere except online. Mm-hmm. Um and so if our consumers are out there just singing our praises, we, we've got to be on to something, right? Um, so the constant consumer testimonials and, and just that instant wow factor that a lot of, that every one of our customers, every shoe I've ever sold has had, mm-hmm. um, that reaction is, is when I knew. Well, and I'm sure when, you know, 50 women were gathering around you in your mom's um, showroom that that kind of sealed the deal too. That, that yeah. Knew that and like women in shoes, right? You know? <laughs> yes. Especially in, in, in a place of business, um, you know, where they're supposed to be working and picking out furniture for their stores and what have you. So if you, if you give them something like chocolate or shoes then, or wine, um, <laughs> you're definitely going to get some attention. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. So now were you, did you go to school then for design? um, Or are you kind of self-taught? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I was a studio art major. Um, I actually, uh, you know, the shoe business per se until, until I'd say 10 years ago was one of three jobs that I had. I had a a day job and then I was an artist, a painter. And, um, and then I did the shoe business on the side. Um, so it was my, my very last hope of going anywhere kind of side hustle. Um, but for undergrad, I was a studio art major and then, um, and then I did all those jobs in my 20s. And then I um, I got married and had a child. And when she was about a year old, I decided to go back to school and take shoe design. And so I, oh, wow. when I was 31, I, um, I enrolled in SCAD, at SCAD in Savannah, uh, Georgia, and took shoe design. And then I launched the current line I have right now with the same cobbler that I've used for 22 years um, in 2010. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like that's really different than anyone that I've interviewed before. Um, either they, you know, went to design school to begin with, or they're kind of just self-taught and never 
really went to design school. So I think that says a lot that, you know, you wanted to really hone in on your craft and kind of know it inside and out, I think um, was probably helpful for you then in developing this business of yours. I did. I just want, to your point, I wanted to know it in and out. Now, can I sew a straight line and can I actually make a shoe that's functional? No. Uh, (laughs) I've tried many times. It's super difficult. And so that's what gives me, you know, that's where I see the value so much in our shoes because I know what it takes. And that's exactly, that's what I wanted to, to experience in, in going, going back to school for that. Just like I want to experience what all of my employees do every day. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to be in those stores every single day selling like they do so that I know the challenges and the successes and the joys of, of what each and every one of, of, you know, my family and in the Charleston shoe business does. So definitely, I think that's so smart and that's kind of, um, so I have my PR company, but I focus on working with lifestyle brands. So fashion and, um, beauty and, um, accessory brands. And I, when I, got my communications degree. I also got my fashion merchandising degree because I wanted to know, you know, how apparel was made and the sewing behind it. And then even when I was in school, I worked at a lot of boutiques because I wanted to know, you know, how it was sold and how it actually works selling on the floor. So I think that's so smart that you had the insight, you know, to kind of do that as well. Cause I think you can talk so much more about it and you really know it then um, in all aspects. Right. Exactly. So what were some of the first steps then in launching your business? Like once you have your cobbler and you have this idea and you go back to school, like what were some of the next steps to launching this to be a successful business? Um, you know, there were a lot of milestones and obviously with any, any sort of business, you have highs and lows and specifically as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I know that that chart is out there that like one day you're on top of the world, one day it's the worst day ever, the next day it's, you know, um, so we, uh, like I said, the first 12 years were, you know, I didn't make a dime. I, I, it was a, it was a very difficult business. And mm-hmm. the biggest first step I think that I had was opening my first store um, right out of SCAD. Actually, I, I wasn't even finished with SCAD. Um, in April, 2010, I opened, um, opened our first retail store with 12 styles, um, in Savannah, Georgia. And, um, I worked in that, you know, day in and day out and, and had a two-year-old at the time. And I would travel back and forth to my home in Memphis, Tennessee. And it was crazy. Um, four months later, I got the opportunity to open a second store in Charleston and I jumped on it. And, um, and then two months later, I opened yet another store. (laughs) Wow. So in the first 12 months, um, I had three stores under my belt. Um, and it was crazy, uh, needless to say, but I kind of, I kind of don't say no to much. Um, and Mm -hmm. so everyone in, in, in the company knows that, you know, you can ask Neely, she's definitely going to say yes. She might say (laughs) three more times before she says no. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we, uh, that was crazy the first year. And, and then I think the biggest next step just in the early years, and I consider early this, the second morph of the company, which is the Mm -hmm. last 10 years, um, was our, our traveling trunk show business. You know, we got this opportunity, um, 
in that sec for beginning of that second year um, to start going to some trunk shows around the country and multi-vendor. And so we'd like load up my station wagon with like 200 pairs of shoes and go set up, set up in places. And it just took off. Um, our exposure wow. grew um, and we were just, you know, a band of gypsies um, <laughs> traveling around the country. Um, I think at the height, we probably were doing upwards of 130 or 150 trunk shows a year. Wow. And so you know, it let us test markets. It it really became our, our marketing and advertising budget because we would go into these towns where we didn't have stores and we didn't have wholesale accounts. And we would, um, you know, market to, to our demographic there. And then she would go and spread the word and it would increase sales in our, in our website business and things like that. So, yeah. Wow. That sounds like you guys were so busy. Yes. <laughs> So it sounds like um, the way you sort of spread spread the word and marketed your company was through a your own stores and then these trunk shows. Um, I think so many people nowadays it's all online. So are these still important aspects to you? Um, you know your actual brick and mortar stores and your trunk shows that you're doing and your wholesale partners. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, that is my business, period. And okay. when I started 22 years ago, you know, there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was base, barely the internet. You know, I think yeah. I, I think when I started, I didn't even have an email. Um, so <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I had to grow the business based on what I had. And what I had was just a grassroots out of the trunk of my car, selling shoes to friends and anywhere I could go. Um, and then when we started in 2010, and obviously there was a, there was, there was an internet presence then, I, you know, not so much Facebook and Instagram, but um, I still was doing the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. Now, um, I'd say high 60% is made up of brick and brick and mortar, 60%, okay. 8% of my business. Um, you know, five, 5% five of my business is trunk shows and 18% of my business is, is e-commerce. And wow. for a company of our size, that's kind of unheard of, which is a yeah. great, great opportunity specifically in, in the climate we're in right now, um, you know, obviously terrible year for us when 70% of your business is brick and mortar um, and only 18% is e-commerce. So we were already before COVID really, you know, transitioning into more focus on e-commerce. Um, mm -hmm. We've been doing that for the last two years and three years probably. And, um, but we're still, you know, we're still really a, a an in-person um, lifestyle brand. And we really like to talk to our customers and we really like to create the experience in the store for the customers that you're walking into your best friend's closet or, you know, a shoe party or something like that, where um, that's really important to us. You know, we're not in any malls We're we're in walking, you know, lifestyle streets where people are having lunch and then going with their friends to shop. I want to create that experience. And I want, I want it to be like it used to be when we'd go shopping with our grandparents, you know, that was, oh, a, yeah. it was an experience. And, yeah. and so, 
as much as I would like to grow e-commerce and we're working on that because obviously the margins are fabulous and the overhead is great. Um, I, I really have always been such an advocate and see the importance of, of brick and mortar. Yeah. I mean, it's you're directly communicating them with your customers. So you're able to learn what they like and, um, you know, and what they don't and all of that. Themselves and, and, you know, and build the relationships. So, mm-hmm. so now you also sell on QVC. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this something, how long have you been doing that? And kind of how did that come about? And what was the, the strategic plan with that idea? Um, so this is our fourth season um, on QVC, maybe fifth, fourth or fifth. Um, and we were, um, we were approached by a rep um, and she, she represents a lot of brands and, and used to work for QVC and, and pitched our line and um, they loved it. And, and um, I mean, it is a great way. I mean, they, they have 8 million viewers. Um, yeah at any given moment. And, you know, that first season was just one of the wildest things I've ever done. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad we're not on video right now because I, I, I sound like I can talk to anyone, but you put me in front of a camera and I'm just that something else happens to me. So, <laughs> um, I'm so nervous. And, and I got on and, you know, in, in less than 10 minutes, we sold, you know, 2000 pairs of shoes. And I just went, what? Like, these numbers really <laughs> exist? You know, I'd seen the movie Joy and I'd heard about it, but I didn't know it really, really actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm on that stage and I'm watching the ticker and I'm going, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, um, it is wild. It's crazy. And it's, um, and it's a great way, you know, again, specifically in this climate to, to talk to your audience and, mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a lot of fun. The hosts are so much fun and, and you really become, if you go enough, we, we unfortunately don't, don't go as much as a lot of these hosts because they have year round brands that, you know, they sell daily. Um, and, and it is a family. And I, even if I only went five or 10 times a year, um, you know, they all remembered me and, and, and they become kind of like an extended family and it's, it's fun. So I love that. I um QVC is right. I'm located outside of Philadelphia. And so a bunch of my friends work there. It's such a great place. It is. It is. Well, next time I come, they haven't had me for a while because they closed their studios during yeah. COVID. But um next time I come, we'll have to rendezvous in Philadelphia. Definitely. <laughs> so I'm sure that was, you know, one of your great successes is watching those numbers climb when you were on QVC. What other were sort of pinch me moments or something that you're really proud of with your business so far? Um, you know, I'm kind of an excited person as a, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely an optimist and an opportunist and all of those things. So I get excited off you know, one sale as much as I get excited off 2000 sales. So, um, I'm sure my employees and, and they've never said this to me, but thinking about it, they, they have to, at some point doubt my excitement because it happens all the time. Um, you know, I've, I've had some, some cool things happen, um, specifically over the last 10 years. I mean, a write up in Forbes was pretty cool. Um, 
And, and I just think growing stores, every time I open a store, I'm super excited. Mm -hmm. Um, That's huge for me. I mean, we opened two stores in New York uh, last year, one in Soho, one in, um, one in Midtown. And um, that's a lot of those things are just huge milestones, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to surpass 10 stores and then surpass 20 stores. And um, you know, that, that is always a big deal. Um, I also, I also love, love, love going to some of our best trunk shows at the end of a busy day of trunk shows. Um, you know, it, it's just one of the biggest thrills of my life. And people go, I cannot believe you still get on the road with all you have to do and a 12 year old and three dogs and all this. And you go to a three day trunk show and sell shoes. Like how do you have time to do that? And I do it because I love it. That's how I started. And if I ever took that away from me, you know, it wouldn't be the same. Um, and so that's, that, that is again, you know, I get excited about selling one pair of shoes. So. And I'm sure your customers and even your, you know, your store accounts appreciate that so much when you actually come to a trunk show. I'm sure that means the world to them and they're so excited to meet you. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so on the flip side to that, I mean, I'm sure one of your challenges is probably balancing everything, but what are some other challenges um, that you face in your business? <laughs> this year? <laughs> <laughs> prior to 2020 or, (laughs) um, gosh, I mean, uh, uh, that's hard to answer right now because right now it's, it's there. Would you say this is your greatest challenge that you face so far in business then with COVID? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, I I had a bookkeeper that stole half a million dollars from me. This, this is, oh my gosh, that would have been like someone stealing a pair of shoes from me to what I've, I've had what challenges I've had this year. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never witnessed anything like this. I mean, we, you know, the first two weeks of March were probably our biggest two weeks in the company's history. Um, and it was so thrilling. And then to make the call on March 16th to close all my stores and furlough all my employees was just devastating. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to be closed for three months, my busiest three months of the year, you know, most retailers, their best quarter is fourth quarter because of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, our Christmas is March, April, May. Yep. Um, and so we lost half of our annual revenue in those three months. Oh my gosh. Um, and so to figure out how to rebound after that and now going into our slow season um, and trying to figure out, you know, these next few months are going to be some of my biggest challenges, which is mm-hmm. terrifying to me considering what I've already been through. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're just, we're trying to, to make it to, to, to next spring. And, you know, there's definite light at the end of the table tunnel. Like I said, I'm always an opportunist. So I, I try and, and, and see the silver lining and, and I definitely have, I mean, gosh, what we've learned this year and what I've learned specifically about the business. And, and I think once we can get through COVID and, and come out, you know, hopefully in spring 21, just a, a leaner, meaner, more efficient, um, 
more appreciative business than we'd ever, than we've ever been. Um, so that's, 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 I guess this, this, yeah. um, I mean, I feel like so many businesses, they, they feel that same way. And yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, are just taking this up, looking on the bright side is that we're all learning from this experience and we're going to be so much more grateful, but we're also, I think it's, challenged us to do things we might not have done before. And so some of those things are good things though. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I I have so many friends that say, oh gosh, wasn't the, you know, weren't those three months in quarantine so great? You were at home, you didn't have to go to work and, you know, and I'm like, no, I, what do you mean? I didn't have to go to work. (laughs) I've never worked so hard in all my life. Um, Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it did possess challenges, but we, we came out, we, we started a, a healthcare campaign, a buy one, give one campaign and, mm-hmm. and gave, you know, gave, um, I think to date over 3000 pairs of shoes to, um, um, nurses in 15 States, um, in, mm-hmm. in over 50 hospitals. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of great things and a lot of great joys and excitement during all that. And mm-hmm. hopefully I've, I've continued to motivate and inspire and maintain, you know, the loyalty from my employees and my family of employees to, to, to stick with me through all this. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's amazing what you gave um, to nurses then and healthcare workers. I think that's something you know, to be proud of for sure. Yeah. So you're, I have a couple pairs of your shoes and I love them. They're so oh, comfortable. So um, <laughs> and I know that, you know, sort of one of the things that you say is it's from cobblestones to cocktails, but why else do you think people love your shoes so much? I mean, you guys have a cult following and I feel like once I bought a pair of your shoes that my mom, my mom's the same shoe size as me and so is my grandmother. So they tried them and they both love them. And so then like there was a following there. Um, <laughs> So why do you think people love your shoes so much? I mean, well, to your point, we are timeless and with no limits on generations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the design aesthetic is just, it's so classic. I mean, some of my best selling shoes, one in particular, I've been selling for 22 years. Um, And it, it, it really is timeless. I see it on teenagers and then I'll see it on, you know, an 80 year old grandmother. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the comfort is really just unparalleled. It, it, it's amazing. The amount of the, the versatility that that comfort creates, if you will, I can put one shoe on five different foot types, be it narrow, wide, bunions, you know, what have you. And mm-hmm. it molds to your foot, like, you know, not restricting like Spanx, but it creates that, that illusion. Um, and it, it, it is magically comfortable and it's, it's magically noticeable on other people's feet, which is, which is, which leads us to such, um, great word of mouth. You know, we have so many stories of customers walking down the street and someone stops them and asks them where they got their shoes or, you know, things like that. So, uh, so those three, three things really just combine to create this perfect storm of this magical shoe that I was so blessed to have found. (laughs) 
they really are magical. And I, I've had arthritis since I was in college. Um, and so I can even say that they're very comfortable. And I have, you know, I, most of the time I can only wear high heels or wedges for a certain amount of time. And your shoes are so comfortable. So thank you. I totally agree. Um, so where do you find inspiration for new designs or new colorways or, you know, anything that you're designing? Where are you finding some inspiration? I would say first and foremost is my customer. Um, and that's why I try to still sell shoes. It's why I really have my finger on the pulse of all the people that, that sell our shoes. Um, because I think that that's the most important aspect. I am not a trendy shoe. I am not, um, you know, I went to SCAD when I was 31 and the oldest person in my class was 22. Um, and they were creating, you know, blue suede, six inch stilettos and all wanted to work for Jimmy Choo. You know, I, I, that's not us. Um, and, and, and so what I'm doing is I'm creating something that with our tagline cobblestones to cocktails, you know, me as a mother, a 20 year old college student or my mother ageless, um, can wear all day and feel great, not be wearing a tennis shoe, but look good and, and really, you know, then be able, then have the, even the versatility to wear it out at night if they choose. And so that comes from the feedback that I get from my customers. I would love a wedge. I would love a closed toed pump. Um, I love this color. You don't make this color. Um, and we try new things all the time. And that is the, the, the magic behind our factory and the convenience of our factory, all of our shoes being handmade in Mexico, you know, we're not overseas. We don't have huge delays in logistics. And, um, and if, you know, one, we don't have any machines. And so if I want to try a different shoe in a different color or a shoe with a different heel on it, I can ask them to do that. And by next week I'll have a sample and then I can bring it into the store in two months. So, you know, I'm always willing to try new things based on what our customers feel like we need or, or our salespeople feel that, that we're lacking on the sales. Mm -hmm. That makes complete sense. And I think that also kind of segues into my next question, which is, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs or aspiring ones? I mean, it sounds like one of the pieces of advice is to listen to your customers. And it sounds like maybe another might be to be flexible. But what other advice do you have for entrepreneurs or aspiring ones? I think you just have to keep trying. I mean, I, I just, if it's something that you believe in and you feel that this is your calling and this is what you want to do, you just can't give up. Um, I mean, I've had every opportunity to give up specifically in the past year. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's in my blood. I just, I can't imagine doing anything else and I can't imagine anything else bringing me any more joy or, or any more pain than this company. Has. So, um, I, that has always been my advice. I mean, I, you know, I know that there are a lot of companies out there specifically in the last 10 years, more specifically in the last five that are overnight successes that, you know, with the internet have become something just, you know, overnight. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm, 
obviously not proof that I'm not, you know, I'm a 22 year overnight success. So I believe that you just keep trying and you keep reinventing the wheel and you keep, you know, morphing whatever original inspiration you had into something bigger and better and, and, and different. Mm -hmm. Well, you have the longevity, you know, you might not have been an overnight success, but I think those overnight successes, they burn out really quickly. Whereas, you know, you're slow and steady at least to start, and then you're still going to go beyond those companies. Well, thank you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your favorite shoe right now that you guys offer? I, I, my, all my employees will roll their eyes if they listen to this, but um, I just, I can't get away from my favorite ever shoe, which is um, the Canon RMS stripe. I mean, it's like the South of France in a shoe and it's so cute and I'll wear it with a cocktail dress and it can even be printed um, or I'll wear it with like jeans and a white button down. Um, it's my, it's my ultimate favorite, but I have a new shoe this summer that I have broken into and it is actually a, a stacked wedge and that's a big deal for me. Um, it's called the Bermuda and it is so cute. Um, so I love that. So fun. I'm going to have, I'm like writing those down because I'm like, do I have those pairs yet? I have to I'll out. one more that I love if you're looking. The, <laughs> the Easton is so cute. It's like, it's my flip flop. Like I used to, you couldn't get me out of a rainbow flip flop. And this is, you know, the straps are a lot more narrow and it's got that cute little T up the back and it's a tiny little simple cork wedge. So it's low enough with a tiny little heel, not even a, maybe an inch. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, to wear with shorts or whatever you want to wear it with or a cute sundress. And it's, it's super versatile. I mean, I could wear that to a cocktail party and I could wear it with my yoga pants. Yeah. And you also have, I have a pair of your loafers and sneakers, like little sneakers. So I know for people that might not be sandals, like up north, you know, it'll get cold in a month or two. So we do offer loafers and little slide sneakers and all sorts of things. We've got a great new boot line that we launched last year. Um, We have a few new ones this year. They look like, um, like suede riding boots and short suede booties. Um, but they're actually waterproof and they're like rain boots. Oh, those sound awesome. They're fabulous. So, um, it looks like a riding boot, but it's actually a rain boot. So, um, and then this year in the stores, um, we, we developed a, a really warm, thick, uh, cozy, all different, printed socks to go inside those. So, um, so those will be great for anyone up North this anywhere actually. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check those out too. So where's your favorite place to vacation? I'm sure you travel a ton, you know, with these trunk shows and obviously going to where your shoes are produced in Mexico, but where's like your all time favorite place to go? With my shoes. Or just on vacation, like if you could. <laughs> vacation, what is that? <laughs> you know, anytime my friends say, let's go on vacation. And 
if we go, they like to pick a place they know I'm absolutely not going to open a store because if we get somewhere good, I'm like wandering the streets trying to look for a, a vacant store to put in the shop. And then I end up spending my entire vacation sourcing, <laughs> sourcing <laughs> locations. Um, and that is my problem. So yeah. anytime I've ever found anywhere that I love, I end up putting a store there. <laughs> I started vacationing in Nantucket. I have a home there. And of course I have a store there. Um, So yeah, that's hard. That's, that's hard. (laughs) That's so funny. So then where, or what do you like to do in your spare time then when you're not working? Like what's something you really enjoy doing? Do you have any hobbies or, um, you know, since I really spend 90% of my life working, I, Mm -hmm. I, I, every free minute I have, I love being a mother. Um, um, and I wish I could do that more. Um, so I would have to say that we, and, and together, you know, we're real artistic and during quarantine, we, we kind of set up an art studio on the porch. And, um, so I would say, you know, lots of art projects is always a fun hobby. Um, so. I love that. Are your kids interested in your business? Like, do they? Yeah. They're probably young, but my daughter is twelve. She wants nothing. She she's <laughs> super excited and loves free shoes, but she has told me multiple times she is not going into the shoe business. <laughs> That's so funny. That's cute, though. So, what's next for you in Charleston shoes? Like, are you? Do you have anything you could share with us? Like, any sneak peeks of a new style that you're going to be launching soon, or maybe a new location, or anything like that? Um, <laughs> I usually have tons of new things, but my new thing is like getting out of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my biggest, ex- most exciting thing that I get to tell all of my employees all the time. We're getting out of COVID. Um, you know, we do have some new, um, some new, like I said, that, that rain boot, we do have a few new of those styles launching out this, this fall. Um, they're super cute. One of them has a little, um, cut out with, with ruffled fabric on it. It's just adorable. And, um, and, you know, we're always looking to find new, new locations and new, um, new places to sell shoes. But um, one big new thing that just happened about two weeks ago, and we will continue because so far it's been super successful. We launched our first mail order catalog. Um, oh. And uh, that was just a lot of fun producing. And we actually started producing it. Um, you know, the, a month before COVID. And so we finally, um, we finally finished it and, and, and launched it a few weeks ago. And so we'll continue to, to do that because it's been super successful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So final question is where can people find you? Um, what's your website address and your social media handle essentially? Um, our, uh, our website is charlestonshoeco.com. Awesome. And that's your Instagram handle too? It Charleston is. Charleston Okay. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a great interview. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 